What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You guys protesters? Me and those fucks with the signs and pictures of dead babies? Shit no. Me and Silent Bob are pro-choice. A woman's body is her own fucking business. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Fuck. Yes. A woman's body is her business. And that is what today's episode is about. Today, we are talking about something a little controversial. We are talking about abortion. We are talking about a woman's right to choose. What's my position? I'm pro-choice. And I want you to know that right now is an okay to turn off, an okay time to turn off the radio. It's okay. You can turn it off. You and I will still be friends. You can still listen to this podcast another day. You can choose to turn off the radio because we're going to talk about how important it is for a woman to be autonomous, how strong it is for a woman to make a decision based on how she feels and how brave it is for people to go through what they go through based on choice. Please, if abortion is a topic that you're not comfortable with, that's your position and I'm okay with it. But turn off the podcast now. Trigger warning. We're going to get serious. I'm so excited today that Anna has agreed to grace us with her strength and her presence and her story. Welcome to the show, Anna. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, (laughs) hey. She's going to talk to us today about the decision that she made at a time in her life uh, where she decided it was it was necessary to have an abortion and that was the choice that she made we're going to talk to her about how she feels about it now how she felt about it then we're going to talk about the procedure and i'm going to bring up some facts about abortion about what kinds of abortion you can get um about where it's legal some restrictions that might be in place wherever you are i'm going to talk about some statistics on who gets abortions why people get abortions and why it's important to continue the fight for Roe versus Wade, especially in the political climate that we are in. This is an important time in the lives of women's reproductive rights. Our bodies, our choice. True that. Right? Yes. So we're going to get to uh, a quick fact, a quick tip. Um, We're going to talk about something that could be useful for you. So the tip of the day. Damn it, now it's not working. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> the tip of the day. God damn it. We can edit this out. It's a terrible song. Oh, here we go. The tip of the day. Tip of the day. I still can't. <laughs> I giggle every time. I giggle every time. Good. Nathan Hornblower. Man. Horn blow. Horn blow. Excuse me. Blow. Thank you for yes. correcting that. There's two dots over that last one. The tip of the day is use emergency contraception. Is emergency contraception a type of abortion? The short answer is no. The long answer is no. Plan B and other morning after pills are emergency contraception. And taking these pills within five days after having unprotected sex can prevent you from getting pregnant. 
Emergency contraception is not an abortion pill. If you are already pregnant, it will not terminate the pregnancy. If you take the pill within 72 hours after you've had unprotected sex, you can reduce the risk of pregnancy by up to 87%. You can buy emergency contraception without a prescription at a drugstore. And at many places, it costs between $15 and $45, depending on the brand that you buy. You can also get the morning after pill at many family planning or health department clinics, such as Planned Parenthood, which is an unofficial sponsor. Hello, Planned Parenthood. We love you. Over 69,000 praising women used Plan B in 2014, which is the most recent statistic I could find, which was really fucking annoying. 69,000 praising in 2014. I could not find a more recent statistic, which made me upset, but I have to, I have to think that it's probably more than that now. I would imagine so. Um, funny story, I once took Plan B. I was 18, I was dating my high school sweetheart, we were having sex, as we did many a time after school. After, after school, I'd drive him home, and we'd go down to his bedroom, and we'd bone, because we were 18, and we were horny. What else are you going to do? He had a pool table, um, so we used to do it on his pool table in his bedroom, and I happened to be on the pool table in a position that was unflattering to me, um, doggy style, and <laughs> his mother walked in. Nice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And it's the only time I've been walked in on uh, while I was having sex with somebody. And I was on birth control at the time. I'd been on birth control since I was 16 years old. I took it religiously. I was very adamant about taking it. Um, And his mother walked in and politely closed the door and walked out. But on her way out said, come upstairs immediately. And we went upstairs, um, just absolutely mortified. Never been more mortified. I can still feel the mortification in my chest. And she said, she hated me, by the way. She thought I was like the most evil human being in the world, even though her son was a whore and convinced me to have sex. And I I was a virgin and was like, oh my God, my boyfriend's going to leave me if I don't have sex with him. And so I I was the good one and he was horrible. But she was like, you're a Jezebel and I need you to go to plan B right now. I need you to go to Planned Parenthood right now. Get the Plan B pill, and I want to see the receipt from the Plan B. I need to know that you didn't get pregnant with my child's child. And she's like, I will not tell your parents because they were super religious. I won't tell your parents as long as you show me that you took Plan B. So was she asking you to open your mouth and see the Basically pill? just go get the receipt and tell me that you took it. And I don't know how I could have explained it to her more thoroughly. I don't want a baby. Like this, I'm not having sex to have a baby. I'm having sex to get off. For pleasure. Come on. Yeah. Hi. So I went to Planned Parenthood. I got Plan B for free. I took it. It made me immensely sick because I was already on birth control and I was 18 and I'd never done it before. And it made my period start right away. And it was it was a traumatic experience simply because someone forced me to do it rather than yeah. me wanting to do it on my own. Um, but it prevented that pregnancy, which probably was never going to happen anyways. I mean, you were on birth control. I mean, I was on birth control. And I was really good about taking birth control. So, Anna, Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome in. I'm so, (laughs) so, so grateful that you are willing to tell a story that is so deeply personal, controversial, and in some circles, um, 
looked down upon. And I'm just really happy that you're here and that you're willing to talk to the people who need to hear your story. And please know that there are many of them. So thank you for being here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if this can t- like touch one person, that's all that it matters, will. honestly. I promise. you. I swear to God, the second someone texts me or sends me a message and tells me that your story meant something to them, I promise I will tell you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick statistic of the day, and then I'm going to let you talk about yourself. Okay. Question. Are miscarriages and abortions the same thing? No. Are miscarriages and abortions the same thing? No. Short answer is yes. Long answer is yes. If the terms miscarriage and abortion had, among doctors, been interchangeable for centuries before abortion became legal, why not now? As a matter of fact, the medical term for a miscarriage, do you know what it is? Spontaneous abortion. Oh, yeah, that is. The medical term for a miscarriage is a spontaneous abortion. However, with the feminist movement, no offense to the feminists, Women power of the 1970s and the 1980s, the desire to be more emotionally supportive of women who unintentionally lose a pregnancy versus those who have to undergo an abortion changed how many people think about abortion and miscarriages. The medical community as a whole decided to change the phrase, but the two phrases are interchangeable to this day, abortion and miscarriage, Um, which leads me to my statistic of the day. So because you've never been on the show, Anna, I wanted to let you know that we do a statistic of the day where I present a number to you, a fact. You and my producer will guess, and so will the listener. And at the end of the show, everyone gets to know the answer. So what percentages of pregnancies end in abortion and what percentages of pregnancies end in miscarriage? So this is a two-part question. I've never done a two-part question before, but that should give you a hint that I've never done a two-part question before. What percentages of pregnancy end in abortion and what percentage of pregnancies end in a miscarriage i'm gonna need your answer Hmm. pretty immediately okay so i'm gonna say abortion 15 percent. okay and miscarriage 25 percent. okay i'm going 25 on both okay I'm going to write that down. Do you say that because they're interchangeable phrasing? I was, that's in the back of my <laughs> mind, but also if it isn't, I also think it's maybe the same. Pretty much the know. same. Maybe okay. not that high. You When you said 15, I was like, oh, maybe 25 is a little high. But then you said your second one, 25. I was like, oh. You know what? <laughs> okay. Thank you both for She's your She's got answers. a good poker face. She's getting better Listeners. at it. Yeah. When we first started, she was like, oh. I know, I did. <laughs> when we first started, oh, I was bad. like, oh my God, that's a terrible guess. Oh, wait. I'm she just closes just her just eyes. No. Shit. Yeah. No. no idea. No, no idea. No. no clue. I completely just tuned out to what you guys were saying, and then that helps me with my poker face. So, um, just so everyone knows, before Anna starts introducing herself and talks about her story, I wanted to give you a little background on abortion. So, one in four women in the United States will have abortions in her lifetime. Wow. One in four women. I want to let the listener know that there are four people in this room right now and three of them are women. Um, 
it is unlikely that you don't know someone who has gotten an abortion, whether or not you believe it. She may choose this option for various reasons, none of which are any of your business. Half of these are unplanned, which does not mean unprepared. Condoms break, birth control fails, culture and religious forms of birth control are notoriously unreliable. Some are, in fact, an accident. But in 56% of abortions in 2016, the woman was on oral contraception. 56% were on birth control who had an abortion. Let's say you didn't have a condom or you weren't on the pill. That's okay. Women who get abortions are mothers, daughters, sisters, nieces, wives, aunts, and grandmothers. They are politicians, lawyers, students, teenagers, nurses, police officers, women who quote unquote don't believe in abortion. They come from religious and cultural backgrounds that you don't know about. They can be wealthy, they can be just getting by, or they can be on the spectrum of, of income, or income uh, vulnerable. They're married. They're in long-term relationships. They're single. They're divorced. They're having casual sex or they are victims of sexual assault. They usually share the belief that while the decision may have been hard, they made the best choice for them at the time. Abortion is legal in the United States during the first and second trimesters of pregnancy, which is uh, typically when an abortion happens. 88% of abortions are done in the first trimester of pregnancy, which is, which is the first 12 weeks. So at 12 weeks, the embryo, the fetus, is an embryo. It's not a fetus yet. It is difficult to detect a heartbeat if there even is one. There is no development of organs. There is no viable chance that this embryo will live outside of the womb. Some states allow abortions until the 24th week or the second trimester of the pregnancy, and that accounts for 11% of all abortions in the United States. Now, I'm not a math whiz, but 88 plus 11 is 99. So 99% of abortions happen within the first two trimesters. The third trimester is usually only done if the mother or the baby's life is in danger, and this accounts for 1.5% of abortions in the United States. Anna? Yes? Could you please tell me a little bit about yourself? I am a... I grew up in Southern California. Um, I, my family's very... Christian. Um, I went to like Catholic school growing up. Um, I have three sisters and a brother. Oh my God. Where yes. are you? I'm, I'm one of five. Where yeah. are you? I'm right in the middle. So oh, it's I'm, me and my brother smack dab in the middle. I'm the oldest. Yeah. So. Wait, are you a twin? No. Oh, you said me and my brother, like you're both the same age. No, no, no. But we're just both in the middle. Right so in the middle. Like, okay. Oh, got, it, got it. Got it. Um, I went to Catholic school, like I said. Um, All throughout school, like elementary through high school, you went to Catholic school? Until seventh grade. Okay. And then you went to public school? And then I went to public school, high uh -huh. school. And then I went to college in SoCal, too. And then, nice. Yeah. My, I, my dad's never really been in my life. Um, I've always had a stepdad, though, since I was two. They've mm -hmm. been together since I was like very young. Oh, nice. Um, same. Yeah. Same <laughs> deal. God, we're so alike. That's adorable. I love that. I do too. My step, my relationship with my stepdad is really, really important to me. Um, 
without him, I don't know if I could have become the the human being that I am right now. And stepdads are super. Shout out to stepdads, man. Shout Una- out to stepdads. Unofficial sponsor, stepdads. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, your stepdad like uh, a reason that you were religious. Do you think that he influenced the religion in the household at all? No, I would say it was like my mom and my grandparents okay. mostly. Okay. Mostly grandparents. So I mean, like obviously. Mm-hmm. Their beliefs just like decided my mom's and sure. then whatever kind of went to school. Trickled down. Deal. Yeah, totally. Okay. All right. So you grew up with siblings. Um, you went to Catholic school until the seventh grade. How did that affect you like in health matters? Like sexually, like when you got your period, when you started like looking at boys differently? Like how did that feel for you? I mean, it was always like nothing. Like abstinence is key. Mm-hmm. Um never knew like learned how to do a tampon like Mm -hmm. I was had to teach myself Mm -hmm. it took months no I know I have (laughs) fucking horrifying stories about using a tampon it's the worst experience when no one tells you like I forgot I left the cardboard applicator in (laughs) and was like in so much pain the first time I did it because I didn't know that that was supposed to come out because no one told me me what it was supposed to look like and then finally a friend showed me she's like you're supposed to take that fucking thing out of there it's not supposed to stick out of you halfway and I'm like oh my god this is awful yeah I wouldn't even try to do it at at home I would do it at school right because if they found the 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 evidence in the trash you were fucked yeah yeah um you went to public high school did this change your perception of like relationships and men and not Not really. I wouldn't say it really changed. I mean, everyone is also more open in -hmm. public schools, obviously. Um, And then education is a little bit different, too. Like in pub or private school, it was always like abstinence, abstinence, like don't do it, like no other choice. But then when you go to public school, like sex ed is a little bit more like you have different options. This Mm -hmm. is what you can do and stuff like that. So, I mean, it did skew it a bit, but it was always still like growing up don't do it in that house yeah so you'd go to school and they'd say one thing you'd go home and they'd say another exactly yeah i hear you so did you date in high school junior high not in junior high i didn't get a boyfriend until senior year of high school of high school you were 17 or 18 i was 17 you didn't have a boyfriend until you were 17 no Okay, because the listener can't see her right now and she might be job of the hut i'm gonna tell you she's not she's gorgeous like shorter than me which is virtually impossible because I'm travel size but she's fun size and she is preciously adorable and gorgeous and I cannot believe and the personality too to match like this girl is funny and quick and adaptable and like just always ready to have a comeback and super witty so wow 17 what took what took you so long to have a romantic involvement with human beings um I don't well, I don't know, honestly. I just was never very interested okay. in people or okay. like obviously guys. Were you shy? Um I th- I'm very I have a lot of social anxiety. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Unless I know somebody in a group, I'm not gonna express myself. Wow. Whatsoever. So in high school is hundred percent like that. I'm shocked because I know this person. On a personal level, I'm trying to keep her as anonymous as possible, <laughs> and I am blown away that you have social anxiety. Bravo to you, because I also have anxiety, and it's fucking crippling and awful, oh, yeah. and it can, 
it can be one of the most debilitating things in a human being's life. So shout out to you and your social anxiety. Cheers to me Cheers and my alone that. anxiety. My anxiety comes when I'm alone. So <laughs> your anxiety comes around people. Mm-hmm. We should just trade bodies. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Right. Um, okay. So who was your first boyfriend? Um, we met in, where did we, oh, we met at a high school party, actually. So not from the same school. Um, no, we went to the same school, but we just never, clicks never intertwined, met at a party. Um, it was like instant connection. And then we were together for four years until our junior, seniorish year of college. Mm -hmm. And then. Did you go to the same school? No, he went to. UCR and I was stayed here in like Huntington area. Okay. Did you it's okay. <laughs> You're fine. Um so you didn't have a necessarily long-term rela- or a long-distance relationship cuz you guys were still both in Southern California. Right. Okay. Um did you have sex? Yes. Okay, so he was your first. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you stayed with him for four years. Yep. Okay. Very cool. And then you dated after you, how, how did you guys break up? What was the end of the relationship? It was just like distance ever grew apart. Literally sure. most innocent thing ever. Just like decided it was just not going to work. It was yeah. mutual. It was it a was mutual, mutual separation. Right. Okay. And then what? And then I was alone for a while and then I went into like party years. Hell yeah. How it goes. Um, how it should be. Yeah, definitely how it should have been. Yeah. Um, We partied and stuff. And then that is sort of when I met the devil. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Satan himself. (laughs) (laughs) He who shall not be named. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we're going to call him Voldemort. Um, Okay, so how old were you? I was, okay, so this was in 2017. I was 22. Okay. So you met Voldemort. And where'd you meet him? Um, party scene, downtown area. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely was like a boyfriend, not, it was just very innocent. Like we party together and we mm-hmm. don't have any serious conversations. And, sure. You're just you know, always partying. Yeah, let's go get dinner and then go out and party. And then go and get then, drunk and then sleep until 2 PM and then wake yes. up and go have dinner. And yes. then, yeah, I did that with my husband, Kevin mm-hmm. for like six years. <laughs> yeah. I understand that scene. Great. All right. To a T. Uh-huh. So... Um, I had only known him for two months, mm-hmm. I would say. And then there was just a day that dawned on me like, hey, um, I haven't had my period in a while. Like, what's going on? I remember it was like a Friday. I was going to meet some friends for margaritas. And I was like, OK, if I don't get it by Monday, I'm going to go take a test. Were you on birth control at the time? I was not on birth control. OK. OK. So you guys were. OK. So your periods were normal up to that point. Like you normally got it I on a regular never, basis. I never tracked. I never because I was not having sex until I had met him. OK. So it was just never a thing. Like I didn't need to. It, okay. it was fine. OK. Um, and then it dawned on me like, wait a minute. OK. I haven't. I didn't have like flow or anything like that. Like Right. So but you noticed something is, did you notice any other signs? No. Like boobs hurt? Absolutely nothing. 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 Just no period. Yeah. I was like, wait, okay. a, wait a minute. It's been a while. Okay. So then it's Friday. I'm like, by Monday, if it doesn't come by Monday, I'm going to go. Okay. So. You have to talk yourself into The weekend it. comes or the weekend goes and it's Monday and I'm like, okay, well, I still don't have it. You kind of made a pact to yourself. So go get a test. Were you stressed out about it at all? No. I mean, this was like full on party scene. Like I was just. 
friends. Let's go out and have some drinks. Let's who cares? Like life's happening. Like okay. it just came and went. Okay. But I did know on Monday, like I need to go get a test. Okay. So, did you go by yourself? Oh yeah. Didn't express any like okay. any worry to anybody. And he was your boyfriend. Like I wouldn't say I mean, yes, we were very exclusive, but it wasn't like I'm not spilling my heart out to this guy. Okay. At all. Okay. Okay. So you went and got a test. Yes. Went got a test. What test did you get? Um, I believe it was like a Walgreens brand. <laughs> Couldn't even splurge for the first response. No, because oh. I didn't think. I was like, no, there's no way. There's no. Way. I'm just doing this for my mo- peace of mind. Peace of mind. Like flows no coming. To really do it. It's fine. She's because I always be knew negative. I was a little irregular. Okay. A little, but okay. Still peace of mind. So got it. I was still living at my parents' house. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna pee on it, and then I'm gonna take a shower, and then I'll check. Okay. So I'm in the shower. And then you're going to burn the test so that your parents don't find it. Yes, exactly. Go to a random dumpster, throw it out. It's fine. 25 miles away. Got it. Okay, go. So I'm scrubbing my hair and I'm like, let me just check because now I'm I'm a little anxious. And I look and it's been, I mean, two minutes at least. And I'm like, oh, nothing. Perfect. So then I, you know, I start sudsing up. I'm fine. Are you singing in the shower at this point? No. I'm free. (laughs) No, like I'm okay. I'm like, okay, it's fine. And then I get out and I'm like rinsing my face. And then I look again and I'm like, holy shit. Is that a line? Oh no. And I look, I look at myself in the mirror. I remember this distinctly. And I looked and I just stared at myself for a little while. Like, are you that dumb? Like, and I looked again and I was like, wait, no, you really are. And I started bawling my eyes out. And like my mom was, my mom's room was right next door. So then I was no. like, okay, wait, you can't, you can't let it out that much. So then I just went in my room and I just like, wow. So your first emotion was devastation? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. So of women who get an abortion, 63% of them say they knew immediately that they were going to get an abortion. Oh yeah, definitely. That it was that it was something that they knew right away. Of yeah. the women who were surveyed who got an abortion, sixty three percent of them said, "I knew right when I saw them. I knew before I took the test that if it was positive, that was what I was going to do." Yeah, I mean, the only reason why I wouldn't have known prior to the test is because I never thought about it. But mm-hmm. right when I took the test, I knew right away. Right, that was what was going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Did any other thought go through your mind? No, not really. Honestly, no. No. Okay. So you knew right away, this is what I'm doing. I'm, what made you think to yourself, this is my choice and I know this is my choice. Was it your age? Was it the person you were with? Was it your financial situation? All of the above. It's oh. <laughs> all of the above. I knew a hundred percent that was not my person. Mm-hmm. I knew I was in no capacity ready to take care of myself or somebody else. Yeah. Um, the job situation was not figured out. Obviously I just knew it was not going to work yeah. whatsoever. It is interesting that you say that because, um, and you said you were how old? 22? Uh, yeah. So more than half of all U S abortion patients were in their twenties. So patients aged 20 to 24 account for 34% of all abortions and patients ages 25 to 29 account for 27% 
of all abortions. Um, so girls in their 20s are far more likely to get an abortion um, than girls in any other age range. And I really think this has to do with finding yourself. You really, you leave high school, you're no longer with your high school sweetheart. Um, you are in your 20s, you're going out. You've got hookup culture that's happening right now. You've got Tinder. You've got, um, you've got, what's the other ones? Help me. Bumble. You know, Hinge. I don't do this very well. Hinge. Um, you've got individuals who are going out and just having unprotected sex, doing oh, yeah. what they do, <laughs> hanging out. And I'm not saying that these individuals are using abortion as a form of birth control, but there are times in your life when you really think, hey, this can't happen to me. And, it's an honest mistake and it happens. Oh yeah. And it happens to one in four women. Like yeah. this is not just happening to people who a lot of people want to call irresponsible or um, not necessarily ready to have a baby. It's actually something that is happening to most individuals. As a matter of a fact, 24% of people who were surveyed said the reason that they got an abortion was for social and economical reasons. Why would you want to bring a human life into this world if you are physically, mentally, and financially not ready for it? Oh, yeah, 100%. I yeah. mean, yeah. Okay, so how did you prepare yourself for this? Uh, well, okay, so I was also in denial. Like, I had the whole crying experience and everything. And then it was Sunday, and I just remember, okay, like, I don't know. I just didn't register. Like, I knew it happened. So a week passed. Oh. A week passed, and I was like, I need to do something, you know. Um, and then, so a week passed. Did didn't, you tell didn't anyone? tell a single oh, soul. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, honestly. And then I'm starting Google things. Like, you can't get anything done past 10 weeks is what I kept seeing. Oh, my God. So I don't you, know the actual But you were living facts. in California where, by the way, yes, it's 20 weeks. You can get an abortion up to 20 weeks. Right. And then if the life of you or your baby is in danger, you can get an abortion past 20 weeks. But you had until 20 weeks, but you thought you only had 10 weeks and right. you didn't know how long you'd been pregnant for. Exactly. Well, there's the, I had read that there's a, um, you can take a pill or you can do like the, um, where the other way. Okay. I don't even know what it's called. No, it's okay. So let me go ahead and just tell the listener right now, there are two different methods of abortion. Okay. There is the medical abortion, which accounts for 33% of all abortions in the United States. Uh, and this is when you take two different medications to end pregnancy. Um, the pregnancy is passed or comes out through the vagina, much like a period would. So you take a medication and basically it causes the uterine wall to contract and expel the fertilized egg and sperm, which is an embryo, which is implanted into your cervical wall. At this point, it's 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 nothing. It has no viable uh, form of life. It, it, it may actually miscarry on its own. Um, you take a tablet, either at a hospital or a clinic. You go home. Usually one or two days later, you take a second medication. Um, you'll usually take the medication at home unless you're past 10 weeks pregnant. 
if you're over 10 weeks pregnant, you have to take these medications at a hospital. Um, most people pass the pregnancy within four to five hours of taking these pills. Um, some people, it takes a couple of days. You may want to take a couple of days off of work due to discomfort, but your periods will restart in about four to six weeks. Um, it costs between three to $800 and it will not affect your ability to get pregnant in the future. The second kind is a surgical abortion and it can either be a vacuum or suction aspiration or a D and E which stands for dilation and evacuation. Um, surgical abortions actually account for 69% of all abortions in this country which is crazy because usually they do these up to 16 weeks of pregnancy. So if you're in the first six weeks of six to eight weeks of pregnancy they'll typically use the oral medication because the embryo is still only a zygote implant into the cervical wall where between 12 to 20 weeks of pregnancy it's a little larger like the size of a peanut and so in order to do the abortion it has to be uh, vacuum or suction aspirated out it takes about five to ten minutes women go home about five to ten minutes after that um, it uses gentle suction please don't think vacuum that's not what this is um, and pulls the fetus or the placenta out of the uterus um, it is not painful you might feel cramping because the uterus is contracting and the tissue is removed it only lasts five to ten minutes and it is a same-day outpatient procedure side effects are bleeding spotting cramps nausea you might need to take a day or two off of work and you probably want to wait at least a week uh, to have sex after you have this that one is a little more expensive between 600 and a thousand dollars and the further you are along in your pregnancy the more it will cost a dne actually requires that you are dilated and that forceps are used to remove the fetus uh, from the womb you typically have to stay overnight or you can come back over the course of two days you should have this procedure done at a hospital, but it can be done at a clinic. It is sometimes painful. And a lot of women who have eptopic pregnancies um, or late term miscarriages end up having to have a D and E. Uh, but it is interesting to note that medical or early term abortions are 33%, whereas late term abortions are 69%. And for those math whizzes out there, that equals 99%. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about this later, but the term late term abortion isn't a thing. Um, you actually just have a ter uh, an abortion later in your pregnancy because late term means you've gone past the gestation period of a pregnancy, which means that you, you're full term pregnant. So there is no such thing as a late term abortion, uh, but people want to use that phrase and use that term to kind of freak people out. But individuals who have abortions in their third trimester only account for about 1% of those having abortions. And they're only having them if the mother's life are in danger or the child's life are in danger. Otherwise, it is illegal. If they're having them illegally, um, unfortunately, that is a really dangerous thing to do. And it doesn't happen very often. Um, so where were you at in your pregnancy? Um, okay, so... Had the test, week went by. Um, I'm assuming I was like eight or nine weeks at that point. Um, I went, actually, it's kind of funny because I had really good insurance with my parents at the time, but I didn't want anyone to find out. So I decided to call Planned Parenthood because that's what everyone talks about mm -hmm. when you know you need to get an abortion Absolutely. or you need to do what you need to do. 
So I called Planned Parenthood. I went in, gave them, I gave them my insurance, but I asked them to keep it as discreet as possible. Smart. So what they said is, uh, as long as your parents don't call in, they won't get any information. But obviously, if they call so in, they would used, have to let them know. You still used your insurance. I did. Okay. Did you pay? Did you pay anything? Well, my okay. So my first initial visit for the pregnancy test, which is they have to confirm the pregnancy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just paid that out of pocket mm-hmm. just because I was it was like thirty dollars or something okay. like that, like something silly. Um, and then got that, confirmed it, and then right away I was like, she asked me, "Do you want to get? Do you know what you want to do?" And I said, "I want to get an abortion." Mm-hmm. So then that was uh, scheduled three or four days later. Okay. Did and they then, ask you if you wanted to go to counseling or if you like, did they say like you need a waiting period or you need to think this over or anything like that? No. Okay. I mean, I think she knew. Like I was just yeah. like right away. I was like, no. So okay. she's like, okay. She gave me a pamphlet, sent me home, um, call this number if, to schedule your um, abortion pretty much. Okay. So then I did that. It was set up for like four days later. Then I used my insurance because it was like $700 mm-hmm. without it. So I'm like, I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So I used my insurance, um, went in. It was in another city, drove to that city. Sure. That's when I got the pill. They gave me a pill. They had to watch me put it in, like yep. take it. Um, and then two days later, come in again for the second. So deal. you were one of the individuals who took the pill in the clinic each time. You didn't go home and take the pill. No. Okay. Um, when I did the morning after pill, which isn't the same thing, I got both of them and took them home and took one 12 hours apart. I'm assuming that if you are before 10 weeks pregnant, that would be a similar scenario where you take one pill and then 48 hours later you take another pill and you just have to make sure that you do it correctly. Um, I personally would feel more comfortable if I did it in the clinic, knowing that I did it right and that I didn't mess anything up and that I wasn't going to have any sort of like eptopic pregnancy or a pregnancy that didn't go the right way. Mm -hmm. How did they make you feel at Planned Planned Parenthood? Oh, like they were life They were honestly so nice. Um, the one thing I would say is that they were training someone. <laughs> so then she, I don't think she knew exactly why I was there. So she asked me if I wanted to know the gender. Oh, no. So then that was like one thing. I was like, uh, no. Okay. I, maybe, but no, probably not. And probably not. She kind of nudged her and was like, no, mm. she doesn't need to know. Okay. So then that was like one thing. Um, but other than that, they were very, like, very nice, very informative, not judgmental whatsoever. So, Good. like, to this day, hallelujah, Planned Parenthood. Unofficial honestly, sponsor. Unofficial Planned sponsor. Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Um, so, I want everyone to know that 95% of all abortions in the United States are conducted at a freestanding clinic that offers abortion services. I don't want to call them abortion clinics because that's not what they do primarily. The number of freestanding clinics, including Planned Parenthood and Altamed, who are two of my favorite freestanding clinics in the United States, has decreased since 2016. And that year is not a coincidence. Funding to these clinics is in danger due to the offering of abortions. So unfortunately, um, individuals are misinformed and most federal funds that are allocated to places like Planned Parenthood and Ultimed are not used for abortions. It's actually public funding and private funding that is used for abortion services. Um, The very thing that could keep abortions from happening, uh, aka contraception, 
and education is the main service that these clinics offer. In 2019, Planned Parenthood saw over 2.4 million people. One million of those individuals got an STI and birth control options. 50% of Planned Parenthood clientele comes from community educators and school educators. 520,000 women got breast exams and pap smears. 339,000 abortions were performed in 2019, which accounts for a grand total of 4% of its provided services. 4%. 4 million STIs were tested. 2 million different contraceptives were given out. In addition to cancer screening, adoption services, vasectomies, vaccines, and general wellness. It is imperative that we keep these places open. In Texas, one study found that pregnancy-related deaths doubled after the state stopped funding Planned Parenthood and imposed stringent funding cuts for women's health. And 54% of Texas's populations received prenatal women's general health and sexual health care. It's unfortunate that right now we're being told that all of these places like Planned Parenthood and, and Ultimate are only for abortion services. They're not. For the first 10 years of my sexual journey in my life, I went to Ultimate for everything, for my pap smears, for my STD tests, and for my birth control. Right. I didn't go to a gynecologist. I didn't have normal insurance when I was 20, 21, 22, yeah. 23. I was a waitress. And Planned Parenthood offered me free or cheap gynecological services mm -hmm. only one percent of females who got an abortion in 2016 went to their OBGYN wow that's huge yeah even if they do have an OBGYN going to them is not necessarily their first go-to option um did you ever tell anybody so Shortly after, okay, bef sorry, back it up a little bit. Before I had went to Planned Parenthood, I had told my boyfriend at the time. Oh. Yeah. I wouldn't even say boyfriend. Okay, boyfriend, I guess. I guess. I guess. Um, yeah, I had told him, um, totally ignored it. Um, it was, yeah. He ignored it? Totally, 100%. So I was, at the time, I went to the gym all the time. And then, obviously, symptoms hit, and I could not go. So it, there was comments of, why aren't you going? Or if I'm going, you should be going or things like that. So it was like totally ignored the fact of what was happening. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So I scheduled what it was and I had read that it's kind of excruciating, but it just feels like really bad period pains. But then I was like, I'm going to be, you know, in a lot of pain. When it's I spelling, get home. Yeah. Blood, yeah. Things like that. So I was like, I'm going to book a hotel room. Did you live with him at the time? No, I was living with my parents. Oh. Yeah. So then okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to have a hotel room for okay. this experience because mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not going to be in pain at my parents' house, you right. know, like God only knows. And uh, now, thank God I did. Um, so we went, I paid for the hotel. He came. Yeah. Yeah. So then I took the, I took the second pill once we got to the hotel, to hotel room and an hour went by, I didn't really feel anything. And then 
the second hour came and that's when like it all started and it was awful like the worst pain ever I was nauseous I was like the worst cramps you could ever think of like I thought I was gonna pass out at certain points like it was so bad like I was yelling at certain points like you would think that I was in actual labor labor of some sort Mm -hmm. like so such bad pain like wow so bad Did they give you anything for the pain nothing okay yeah that's the one thing I mean obviously I could have taken Advil but at that time I was like I comparing the pain to Advil I'm like (laughs) I don't think that would have done anything (laughs) yeah so that happened for like three hours oh my god and then just pain Oh, so bad. Like okay, pain. but not bleeding. Just pain at oh, that no, point. Oh, no, like clots. Oh, like no, no, no. Huge. Oh, honey. Yeah, it was bad. So did you just stay in the bathroom the whole just time? Just stay in the bathroom. Okay. So like he did not even need to be there at the time. Right. Where was he? Um, He was on the bed watching TV Great. asking if I wanted um, Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay. Did you? No. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? Because they have really good ranch. No. Okay. <laughs> Why didn't you tell a friend? Like, why didn't you, why didn't you tell your sister, your brother? I think I was just so ashamed. Like, I just didn't. I didn't. I don't want. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want somebody to be like, keep it. Or oh, God. we can okay. figure this out. I didn't no, want to hear, hear that. So You're I was like, absolutely right. I'm just going to keep this to myself. And then when I want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. It makes me sad that you didn't have a person in that moment where you felt like you could tell them something and they wouldn't try to move you to one side or the other. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're like you said, you were 22. So I know when I was 22, there weren't a lot of people that I really could confide in like yeah. whether or not I would keep a baby like yeah I'm not gonna dump that on my siblings right because they're younger than me I'm not yeah. gonna tell my parents because I know what their answer would be I I can understand why you struggle to tell somebody but in that moment it breaks my heart that you felt like you were alone yeah that's really sad yeah so what What'd you do that whole time? Did you listen to music? Did you do anything? Like, no. Nothing. You nope. just sat in the bathroom. Just, yep. Just sat in the bathroom. Okay. Literally ha- couldn't move off the toilet, toilet. because mm-hmm. it was just. That's where it was happening. It was happening. Yeah. And I had no. I had Did they read, prepare you for that? No. What? I, I mean, they didn't really tell me anything. They told me what to do. They said it, there would be some cramps. They didn't really give me a lot of information, but then I also go on Google a lot and I had Google things and I was like, yeah, I was like just having a period. So Did I was you like, okay. WebMD it? I didn't. Yes. No. I mean, not WebMD, but definitely like websites, okay. that, you know, forums where girls sure. are talking about what happened. Okay, good. I, I actually think that that's probably a really, really good. Do you feel like that was a good idea for you to go on these forums where you could kind of hear another woman's story? Yes, but then also the severity, people didn't go into it. But then I also think if I were to talk to somebody that was going to get it, I wouldn't want to give them a horror story. I don't think it's a horror story. I think it's a story. (laughs) And I think that that's true. I mean, like, honestly, if someone else has gone through this and has sat on a toilet and cried for three hours while their boyfriend was in the next room watching TV, I don't think you're the first person who's felt that way. Yeah. And it's probably nice to know that you guys live under the same sun you know what I mean like there's another human in the world who's experienced that moment that's true definitely so I wish that Planned Parenthood would have 
said that that could have been a possibility. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A little bit more preparation for sure. Yeah. That would have been nice. <laughs> so it lasted for three hours or longer than it that? It was like three. It was three hours where okay. it was just like the horrible like pain. Mm -hmm. um, and then once that happened, then it, it definitely tapered off. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, Scale of one to ten. Pain. Eleven. Okay. <laughs> okay. So bad. <laughs> In the words of Spinal Tap, Robert, it goes to eleven. <laughs> it does. Wow. Yeah, it was... Worst painful. pain you've ever experienced. Yes. I remember distinctly thinking like when I do give birth, <laughs> I hope it's nowhere near. Like I was definitely like, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I could go through I that. hope <laughs> this isn't what actual birth is yes, like. Because, like, okay. So being 22, you were still really close in age to how you grew up. And did you at any point question your decision? Great. Never. When you were in pain, did you feel any sort of guilt, remorse, shame, fear, uh, uh, like you deserved what was happening, anything like that? No, Great. definitely not. No. Perfect. Because <clears throat> you have no reason to feel guilty or ashamed for having an abortion. You should not feel like you have done anything wrong. You are the expert in your life and you made the best possible decision in your time. If for any reason you feel guilty about having an abortion, it might be helpful to look back at your reasons for choosing to terminate the pregnancy and the circumstances at the time, age, financial situation, person that you're dating, situation surrounding the interaction. Do you want to have sex with a one night stand and then have a baby out of it. Do you know that that person's going to stick around and be a father? Do you want to be a single mother? Do you have the financial means to support a baby? Do you have the psychological means to support a baby? Ask yourself if these reasons are still true. And if they are, what feels unresolved? Whose beliefs or values or standards are you judging yourself by? Are these your values? Are these your standards? Or are you trying to please other people? You need to learn to forgive yourself. And this can be difficult for some people. And it's important that if you still feel guilt or regret or pain or sorrow or any sort of negative emotion tied to that choice that you seek counseling. Did you feel that you needed therapy or counseling after this? No, I mean, shortly after I texted my best friend at the time and I told her. Okay. I mean, How much was, longer had gone by? Uh, it was literally right after it had happened. I was like, okay. hey, this is what just happened. And Hi. she was this dumbfounded. Like, okay. What? Wow. Yeah. So then we talked about it. And then after that had happened, I mean, there was a few drunken nights where I just started crying, mm -hmm. obviously, and, you know, spilled my heart out to her. But then it was, yeah, after that, I don't, I don't think I needed counseling after that. Besides that was your counseling. best friend, <laughs> besides your best friend, did you tell anyone else right then at that moment? Was there anyone else besides him that you told? Uh, no. Well, I mean, he who shall not be named Voldemort. and my best friend. And your best Those friend. Those were the two people that I had like told. Okay. Um, another piece of advice from the gods of the internet and from me personally is to tell someone that you trust. Um, because of social stigma that is placed on abortion, some women choose to keep their abortion a secret. Um, they fear judgment. Um, they fear persecution. They fear stigma. They fear shame. Um, 
It's your choice who you tell and when the right time is for you to do so. The potential benefits of talking about your experience are that you feel heard and you feel validated. You receive support in coping. You find meaning in your experience. Um, You begin to process the experience so that you can actually move forward. Not talking about your abortion might mean that you bottle your feelings up instead of working through them. If you're not sure whether someone is going to be supportive of you, try asking them a general question about abortion and see where they stand beforehand. And that may give you a good idea of where they will stand if you were to bring that up to them. How did you know your best friend was the person that you wanted to tell? I just know I needed to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. So she was just the person that I told. Okay. Um, Is she still your friend? Oh, yeah. Still my best friend. Nice. <laughs> she didn't leave me. <laughs> so I have a really interesting statistic that I actually told you about today that I almost used as my statistic of the day, but I didn't because I found an even more interesting one. The word regret didn't come up very often uh, in my research with abortion and this number actually blew my mind as a psych major and as someone who is obsessed with statistics because it's very rare that you get a statistic that hits 99%. Yeah. 99% of women say that they do not regret their abortion. And this is done in a study that was longitudinal and they checked in with them one, three, five, eight, and 10 years later. Wow. And 99% of them say that they did not regret their decision to have an abortion. Did you? Not at all. Do you today? Nope. Mm -mm. Does your current boyfriend know that you had an abortion? No, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Why did you choose to not disclose that piece of information? And second question, will you disclose that piece of information? I think think if he were to have asked I would have but it, I don't anybody that asked me I'll get I'll tell you but if you're not going to ask me I'm not going to tell you either which is true because I actually was talking to a group of individuals and I said I need an interesting topic for a podcast and I would really like to have someone on the podcast who has had an abortion because I feel like that is a really relevant topic. Hence one in four women. I'm going to use that statistic like a thousand times. One in four women has had an abortion. So I want someone on who can explain their story in a clear way. And it just so happened that Anna was sitting um, in the same area as me. And she said, well, I have, I'd be more than happy to share my story with you. So you're not hiding it from people, but it's not necessarily something you enter a conversation with. This is not a conversation starter, nor is it an icebreaker. Can I I interject right there? Please, producer. One of the worst first dates I've ever had. I was kind of digging her too. She was rad. And I don't remember why it got brought up, but she's like, yeah, I was a girl in high school that that by the end of high school, I had three abortions. Oh my God. Okay. And then she like went to the bathroom and then I was like, this is done. I'm like, no offense, but like, don't. Who says that? To, like, the, the abortion thing didn't bug me. It was just the fact that you said that right off the, the first. Bat. Yeah, less twenty than, minutes into the date, less than ten percent of individuals have had more than two abortions in their life. Well, ten percent. Less than ten percent have had more than two abortions. So, mm-hmm. two is typically like 
the max from what I saw with the yeah. statistic that I read. So three or more abortions happens in less than 10% of the people. And I feel like those are individuals who are using abortions as a form of birth control, which that's not what it's intended for. No. Um, there really is not a chance of, of harming yourself or, um, any sort of long-term medical issues if you do choose to have abortions. It doesn't affect your chances of getting pregnant. Uh, but there is such a thing as uh, post-abortion syndrome, which is like a almost kind of like a PTSD um, where you just don't get over the fact that you've had an abortion. And if you have numerous abortions, it may take a mental toll on you. Um, that may be another story for another time. Um I'm glad to know that you are of the 99% who did not regret that decision. And oh, yeah. um, do you think you'd ever, like if someday you guys decide to have kids and the topic of abortion comes up, will you tell him that you had one? Yeah. I mean, if the topic comes up for sure, I'm not going to like hide it sure. whatsoever. I mean, how do you think he'll take it? Um, I don't think he would take it very well to be honest okay do you, I mean do you he, think he's more pro-life than he is pro-choice not necessarily I don't think that that's the case I think it's just like a territorial thing where it's like he doesn't want to think of me with anyone else okay so it's not necessarily like you need it you should have kept it it wouldn't oh, have okay. been like that it would just been like okay you don't you've you never sh- had sex with anyone no. else what is that sex no you only had sex with me yeah just the one yeah, just me. Just the one. Thanks. <laughs> um, just for my purposes, because I'm a curious little kitty, how many people did you have sex with before your current boyfriend? Three. Oh, okay. Does he know that? I mean, he knows there's, there's at least one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so for the listener at home who doesn't know, I'm going to describe what pro-life and pro-choice are. So the terms pro-life and pro-choice refer to the dominant ideologies concerning abortion rights. Those who are pro-life, a term argue is biased because it suggests that the opposition does not value human life, which I would completely argue against, um, believe that abortion should be banned. Those who are pro-choice support keeping abortion legal and accessible. Um, in reality, these controversies are related to reproductive rights, and they are so much more complicated than just surface matters. Uh, pro-life perspective is um, someone who believes that government has an obligation to preserve all human life, regardless of intent, viability, or quality of life concerns. A comprehensive pro-life ethic such that is pr- proposed by the Roman Catholic Church prohibits abortion, euthanasia-assisted suicide, the death penalty, and war. In cases where pro-life, pro-life ethic conflicts with personal autonomy, as in abortion and assisted suicide, is considered conservative. In cases where pro-life ethic conflicts with government policy, as in death penalty and war, is said to be liberal. I have a problem with some pro-life individuals for a few reasons. One, they don't seem to give a shit once the fetus is born, especially if that fetus happens to be part of the LGBT community or a certain race or ethnicity. And they typically only want to control the fetus until it's 
out of the mother's body. Mm -hmm. The other problem I have with pro-life is they don't seem to take into consideration the life of the person that's already living. The mother. Yeah. Your pro-life for an egg inside of a person who is breathing and living and making choices and trying to live their best possible version of life and their contraception may have failed or they may have been drunk or they may have made a mistake or they may have thought they couldn't get pregnant and they did and now a zygote is somehow more important than the human being that is carrying it that offends me pro-choice believe that individuals have unlimited autonomy with respect to their own bodies. So the government doesn't get to control your body. You have a choice in everything that happens to you, for you, and with you. As long as you don't breach the autonomy of anyone else. A comprehensive pro-choice position asserts the following must remain legal. Celibacy and abstinence contraceptive use, emergency contraception use, abortion, and childbirth. The pro-choice position is perceived as pro-abortion, but this is inaccurate. The purpose of pro-choice is to ensure that all choice remains legal. Just because you're pro-choice doesn't mean you personally would have an abortion. It just means that you respect the rights of others to do so. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that if I got pregnant in my 20s, I would have had an abortion. I had a scare when I was dating Aaron. Mm -hmm. This guy sucked (laughs) so bad. Um, He had named our first three children before like he had even met me. And I told him I didn't want kids and he didn't believe me. And when I wanted to go back to school, he said I didn't need to because I was going to be a mom. Should have been my first flag to run away, but I didn't. Um, About a year and a half into the relationship, I didn't have a period for six weeks and I was clockwork. I was clockwork. Yeah. Which makes me think that I probably was pregnant and I had a miscarriage. Because that happens to, according to statistics, 90% of women will have a miscarriage in their life and most of them won't know. It'll look like a late period, which tends to be heavier than other periods. If you've ever missed a period, like by a week or two, and you notice that your period's heavier than normal, you most likely had a fertilized egg that was then expelled because it didn't except onto the uterine wall. Either your uterine lining wasn't thick enough to support human life, or there was a problem with the DNA of that fertilized egg, and your body knew that and expelled the fuck out of it. It was like, that's not going to work. That's going to have 19 legs and 12 arms. We ain't (laughs) having that. Bye. I honestly think I was pregnant because I felt the most amazing sense of dread I have ever felt in my life and I've always known I didn't want children and I'm my period was gone for about three weeks and I was terrified and in that moment I knew two things one I needed to end that relationship because the thought of having children with him sent me into the most stressful spiral of depression Mm -hmm. and b 
I definitely didn't want children. Mm-hmm. So I bought a pregnancy test. Oh my God, I remember this so vividly. I bought a pregnancy test. I cried the entire time I paid for it. I cried the entire time I took the test. I cried the entire time I waited for the test. I made him look at the test. And the look on his face when it was negative told me everything I needed to know. He wanted it to be positive. And the immense relief I felt when it was negative was a high I don't think I'll ever get back. (laughs) Yeah. And... It is so important for us to understand that some women, regardless of the status of their relationship or the, I was on birth control. I was on the NuvaRing. How did I miss a period for three weeks? Like this is not normal, right? Sometimes it happens. 56% of people who get abortions are on contraceptives. It doesn't mean that they're not taking care of their shit. It means that contraceptives aren't 100% certain. My mother got pregnant three times on the birth control pill. My last three siblings were conceived while she was on the pill. I vividly remember her telling me she walked out of the bathroom and said with a pregnancy test in her hand I'm pregnant and I was like aren't you on the pill and I was like 12 years old like I literally like it <laughs> you knew it happens like yeah hi sorry what's hi. going on over there Oh, no, it says start free trial <laughs> my producer I love him um, my problem is that The pro-choice movement isn't about anti-abortion. It's about making sure um, that everyone's choice is recognized and that everyone's choice is observed and appreciated. Um, Would you say that your family is pro-choice or pro-life? Yes. I mean, like at the end of the day, if you weren't abstinent and you, you know, you had sex and you got pregnant and you wanted to have an abortion, I feel like they would definitely have supported my decision had I told them. Okay. I just didn't want to go there. Okay. With them. Good. So. I'm glad. I'm glad you think that yeah. they would have supported you. That makes me happy. I'm glad that you don't think that they would have shunned you. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of religion in the pro-life movement. Um, they all say, you know, that life starts at conception, which isn't true. Um, if science can tell us anything, it's that there is no scientific basis for the existence of a soul. Um, unfortunately, there are so many different ideas of religion. One religion tells us that the soul begins at inception, conception. One tells us the soul begins at birth. One tells us the soul begins at death. One tells us that the soul begins once the human has re- reached nirvana. So there's no way of saying when life, quote unquote, actually begins. But personhood, so existing, being able to be viable and alive outside of the womb, um, likely rests in our understanding of the brain, which is my favorite human organ. Scientists believe that neurocordial development makes emotion and cognition possible in the early stages of the third trimester. So that would be weeks 24 and beyond. Um, Again, 
it's not typical for a woman to get an abortion in the 24 to 38 week mark. And it usually, and when I say usually 99.9% of the time only happens when the mother's life or the baby's life is in danger. Were you ever given any false information about abortions? Do you feel like growing up? Did you ever hear anything like negative or false or like scary about getting an abortion? No, I just think I was always opposed to the surgical abortion. Why is that? Just because I thought that I would never be able to have kids again. Okay. So a medical complication resulting from the abortion. Right. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever heard of anything negative happening from an abortion producer? Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't have a lot of experience. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who get some pretty misleading information. 18 states mandate that women are given counseling before an abortion for 72 hours. You can't have an abortion until you get counseling on one of the following issues. The link to abortion and breast cancer, which... According to the Susan G. Komen Foundation, which is the Breast Cancer Foundation, and the National Cancer Institute, is clearly not related. Uh, research shows that abortion does not increase the risk of breast cancer. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the National Cancer, In cancer Institute have agreed that the scientific as evidence does not support the link between abortion and breast cancer. So they're making you get this counseling on breast cancer and abortion when it means nothing. The Not other thing close. they make you get counseling on is the ability of the fetus to feel pain. 13 states make you go to counseling so that you understand that your fetus is going to feel pain. However, numerous studies have shown that the experience of pain is not possible until at least 20 weeks of gestation. And evidence regarding the capacity for fetal pain is limited, but indicates that fetal perception is unlikely before the third trimester, which begins at 27 weeks. The perception of pain requires an awareness of an unpleasant stimulus. Um, so it has to actually affect the brain in some way. And the development of the brain doesn't really start until week 20. Um, so we're talking about the development of a full organ that needs to have its receptors grown and its neurotransmitters and pathways grown before they're ever going to feel pain and the thalamus which is the source of where we feel pain typically doesn't evolve or develop until week 27 so we are forcing women who are in the fourth sixth eighth tenth week of pregnancy to undergo counseling about how their fetus can feel them being aborted when that's actually entirely inaccurate. The last thing they want you to get counseling on is the health consequences. And eight states require that you go to counseling for your health consequences. Given the fact that one in four women have an abortion every year in the United States, that 800,000 women got an abortion in the United States in 2018, don't you think if a severe health reaction was common, that it would be reported? Did at the you, very least. <laughs> did you suffer any health consequences nope. at all? Nope. I mean, I was in a lot of pain, but no health consequences. Right. You were yeah. in a lot of pain. Have you been in a lot of pain since then? 
You've broken a bone? No. Not really? Your, and, and I your mean, I've IU- had painful periods okay. in an IUD situation that was uncomfortable. Okay. That's the, that's the most painful thing that's ever happened to you? To be honest. That's fine. No, yeah. be honest, girl. Be honest. That's yeah. the most painful thing that's ever happened to you. Yes. The most painful thing that's ever happened to me was either the implantation of my IUD or the rupture of an ovarian cyst. But all of it has been related to my reproductive area. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fucking painful. Yeah. We get it. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Would you do it again if you were 22 and you could make that choice again? Oh, yeah. A yeah. hundred times over. Yes. So would 99% of other women. Yeah. The other issue that it seems the pro-life people have is for late-term abortion. Have you guys heard this term? Late-term abortion? Yes. You know it's fake? It's medically inaccurate. In science and medicine, it is essential to use language precisely. In pregnancy, to be late-term means to be past 41 weeks gestation. Abortions do not occur in this time period. So the phrase is contradictory. Abortions later in pregnancy typically typically occur because of two general indications. One, lethal fatal anomalies such as limb body wall complex, which is where a baby's limbs and organs will grow inside or outside their body. And it actually doesn't occur until the third trimester of gestation. So their organs, which don't typically start to grow start growing uh, until the third trimester, start growing on the outside of their body and survival outside of the womb is non-existent. So if you don't have an abortion in your third trimester, when you have this complex in your fetus, what you're saying is you'd rather give birth and have that fetus experience extreme pain and die in your arms rather than just abort it and put it out of its misery while it's in your womb. Which is a difficult fucking choice to make. That's terrifying. The other option is that the mother's life is in danger. There are actually quite a few health conditions that arise in third trimester pregnancies that no one can detect until this third trimester occurs. And these women will die if they give birth. And the choice to eliminate their baby versus save their own life is quite possibly one of the worst decisions they will ever have to make in their life. I'm going to reiterate again that it's none of your business if they have to make this decision, but a little compassion goes a long way. Yeah. Do you you imagine? No. No. Absolutely not. No. Like Kevin and I were watching a movie and, or maybe it was a television show. I don't remember. And there was a choice that had to be made. Either you save your wife or you save your baby. There was a, it was, I think it was Grey's Anatomy. Fuck that show, by the way. God. So sad. That show sucks. I mean, it's great. I watched it for like 14 seasons and then I was like, you're dumb. (laughs) Ugh. But there was a, there was an episode where the woman was going into like cardiac arrest and they couldn't save the baby if they tried to save the wife. And so the husband had to make the choice between the wife and the baby and he chose the wife. They had two other kids together. Yeah. He chose the wife. He was like, I want my wife to live. Like, yeah. I haven't met that baby. Yeah. I don't know that baby. Mm-hmm. I know these two babies and I know that they would be really sad without their mom. Yeah. And they had to have a, a, an abortion in the third trimester because the mom was going to die if she stayed pregnant. Like, how do you make that choice? No. And how does anyone get to judge that choice? There can be no judgment. 
Do you know anyone else who's had an abortion? Yes. I know two different people. So there was actually a person, a girl, one of my, like, not really close friends that was also going through the same situation mm-hmm. at the same time that I was. And then a few months later after it happened, I knew that someone else that had to do the same deal mm-hmm. around the same time. Sure. But we just never had talked about it. Yeah. It just came up in conversation somehow, okay. obviously. Um, so two other people. Did you least. ever kind of like get together and talk about it and like discuss kind of like the situation surrounding it and maybe the experience that you all had? Um, I mean, me and the one girl, one of the girls had talked about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't go into like a lot of details. I mean, it, there were very different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, what we, was her situation? Her situation is that she didn't know who the other person was like okay. no judgment obviously no no no, but no she no, didn't no. know where to go from there okay so there was always like the who is it who yeah who is it what's sure. going on listen everybody <laughs> in their lifetime well not everybody but a lot of people in their life me included have slept with multiple people in the same week yeah same month yeah same day hey hey if you're <laughs> trying to have fun <laughs> It is entirely possible that you may not know who the father of that child... That that is such a common occurrence that it should not be something we look at and say, no, 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 that's fine, no judgment. No, of course no judgment. Fuck who you want. Yeah. However, be responsible for the repercussions. Yeah. Right. And it sounds like she was. Yeah. And she took it upon herself to take care of the situation in whatever way she saw best fit for her life. Right. I mean, there was uh, different situations in the sense where I had my parents' insurance, like I had said earlier, Mm -hmm. to pay for it, and she didn't. So there was like a time where she had to like try to see if somebody would help her pay for it, and Mm -hmm. it was like an an economical thing for sure. Like if she would be able to, yeah, pay for it. Exactly. She ended up did you know being able to, but there was like definitely a economic issue. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, 75% of abortion patients in 2018 were considered poor or having an income below the federal poverty level. 75% of individuals who had an abortion in 2018 were below the federal poverty level. So a lot of individuals who are pro-life also talk a lot about people who are on welfare or people who take advantage of the system and people who want to eliminate another mouth to feed, eliminate another person to clothe, eliminate another reason to be on welfare, eliminate another money obligation are being punished by pro-lifers for saying, oh, well, you're eliminating life. Well, you're also yelling at me for being on welfare and social security. So what the fuck is it? Do you want me to be on welfare or do you want me to not have this kid? Because one of the two is happening. Yeah, exactly. Pick the one that you want. You Mm -hmm. don't get both. So freaking annoying. Um, I'm going to get to my statistic of the day. Um, In states where abortion restrictions are higher, maternal mortality rates are also higher. So in in states that have higher restrictions on abortion, the mother's lives are also more in danger. And in states with strict abortion laws, the highest rates of neonatal mortalities 
are recorded as well. What percentage of individuals uh, who get pregnant have an abortion? You said 15, and then you said miscarriage 25, right? Yes. You said 25, 25. Well, Anna wins the number of the day. What percentage of pregnancies end in abortion? 18%. What percentage of pregnancies end in miscarriage? 17%. So kind of right because you knew that it was going to be a close One number producer, same. like 25-25. Yes. You knew it was going to be close, and it was. Okay. You were more right in, in thinking that there's a lower percentage of individuals who have abortions. 18% yeah. end in abortions. 17% end in miscarriages. The numbers are so similar and also the phrasing is similar. Spontaneous abortion mm-hmm. versus abortion. I saw an Instagram post the other day um, that compared abortion to COVID deaths. And not only was the information not factual, but it quoted the number of abortions and included spontaneous abortions, which means it included miscarriages. So it said that we should focus more on immoral women, which pisses me off because that means abortions are in the hands of only women yeah but also it's lying about COVID-19 deaths which was which was really really annoying um it's really frustrating to me that so many states have a problem with abortion just in a couple of instances um Alabama signed the most restrictive law in the nation it, it bans abortion at any stage of pregnancy, including cases of rape and incest. The only time you can wow. get an abortion in Alabama is if your health or the baby's health is in danger. It doesn't matter how long you've been pregnant. Don't move to Alabama. Do wow. not. In that Georgia, is so sad. I know. In Georgia, they signed a law called the Fetal Heartbeat Law. That bans abortion after six weeks, which is unfortunate because most women don't know they're pregnant until the eighth week of pregnancy. And just because there's a heartbeat doesn't mean there's anything else viable to go off of. It's not an indication of a human life. It's indication that a cell is living which is completely different. Those are two different things. Freaking cells have heartbeats. Come on, fish have heartbeats. Get out of here. In Louisiana. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> they ban abortion once a heartbeat can be detective. Um, the bill states it will not go into effect until Mississippi's new law goes into effect, which states that any threat to immediate harm to a woman's life is the only time you can get an abortion in the state of Mississippi. So Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama are saying the only time you can get an abortion is if you're going to die. That's terrifying. Right? Terrifying. Right. So oddly enough, I do sex education. And do you know the states with the highest teen pregnancy and the highest STD rates? Mm. I mean, I've watched 16 and pregnant. Do you want to guess? I would say the three you just mentioned plus Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And Texas. Um, Because they don't have a lot of education. They have abstinence only is their most, uh, most Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, Missouri, um, Tennessee, and Kentucky typically have the highest STD and the highest teen pregnancy rates. And they also have the highest rates of abstinence only education, which means Teenagers 
do not learn how to have protected sex. They don't learn how to avoid STDs and they don't learn how to avoid pregnancy, which means that these states have high abortion rates. And when you outlaw abortion, you open the door for illegal abortion. Just because you outlaw something doesn't mean it stops happening. So before 1976, the rate of death from abortion was 46 women a year, approximately, whether that was legal or illegal. Since that law, Roe versus Wade, was passed, approximately two women per year die from complications due to abortion. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's so sad. I know. And most of the time, it's done by people who aren't experienced or it's done in an area that might not be as well equipped to handle something or the woman had a pre-existing condition and it affected her ability to heal properly after the abortion. Mm-hmm. But when you make something like abortion illegal, you aren't going to stop people from getting an abortion. You're just going to force them to get dangerous, illegal abortions. Again, 99% of women say that abortion was the choice that they would have made over and over and over again. Um, We're so comfortable regulating women's sexual behavior, but we're shocked by the idea of doing it to men. And one of the most amazing quotes ever comes from Legally Blonde when she talks about how, why is it that a woman is responsible when she's pregnant, but a man's not responsible when he ejaculates. So any ejaculation that a man has is 100 million sperm on average. So if a man ejaculates into a sock, is that not child abandonment for 100 million children? And if a man and a woman have sex and the sperm misses the egg, is that not a chance that a child could have been born? And should we not punish that couple for not making that life? And if that life is then created and the woman has a miscarriage, do we not make her feel worse for having the miscarriage? Like there's something wrong with her. And if an egg is dropped and it's not fertilized, is that another missed chance for a life to be born? Why are we so focused on whose life is being created at any time when people are boning and not inspired by the lives that these women are creating by not having these children? Unwanted, unprepared for, not financially stable. Wouldn't you rather these individuals be honest with society and honest with you and honest with me and say, hey, this person, whether they are a person or not, you'll never know. That's not something that any of us get to decide. I chose in this moment to better my life because I'm here, I'm existing, I'm alive. Mm -hmm. I am the human life that you should be protecting not that of an egg yeah, that hasn't yet grown into anything. And if we're not supporting people who are in poverty, then we're not supporting 75% of the people who are getting abortions. And if we're not supporting those who are on minimum wage, which is typically those people in their 20s, then we're not supporting 80% of the people who are getting abortions. And men need to take responsibility for their part in this as well. Amen. (laughs) 
men. <laughs> all men, whether leaders, legislators, or just regular old guys, should know that abortion is personal for them too. You should not speak about this experience for women unless you have undergone it yourself. Take responsibility. Anna? Hi. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? We're doing the game. Oh, yeah, we're doing okay. the game. Um, Advocate for yourself. Make your own decisions. Don't let anybody else help you decide what you're going to do. Take a minute to yourself if you need to do it and make your own decision. I love it. Be your own advocate. Yep. You know what is best for yourself. Mm-hmm. It should say something that one in four women, again, <laughs> one in four women has an abortion in their lifetime. And 99% of those women don't regret it. You know what is right for you. It is okay to make that choice. And it is okay to make a choice that goes against your friends and your family and even your significant other. It is your body. It is your choice. Mm -hmm. And it is no one's fucking business. Nope. Okay, <laughs> we're coming out of series. Coming out of the dark. We're gonna play a game. Let's do it. 69 game. I'm Ooh. gonna ask you 69 questions in 69 seconds and we'll see how many you get right. There are no wrong answers because they're all about you and as my producer likes to point out, you can pass, but you're a pansy if you do. <laughs> 69, 69, let's do it. Are you ready to 69? Oh, I'm ready. Ready, go. Android or iPhone? iPhone. When was your first French kiss? Uh, seventh grade. Have you ever cheated on somebody? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Have you ever faked an orgasm? Um, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Biggest celebrity crush? Uh, Aaron Samuels. Have you ever sent nudes? Yes. Call or text? Text. Biggest insecurity? Uh, my nose. Can you drive stick shift? Absolutely not. <laughs> Favorite animal? Dog. Movie you could watch all day? Oh, I, don't, I hate movies, honestly. Okay. Do you watch porn? Sometimes. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Do you masturbate? Yes. Would you rather be able to see or hear? See. Favorite sound in the world? Ah, the ocean. Favorite, least favorite sound in the world? Claws on a chalkboard. What is in your trunk? Oh my God. God only knows. Wine or beer? Wine. Uh, what's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning? Um, what the fuck do I have to do today? Sweet or savory? Sweet. Soft or hard? Hard. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Australia. What's your favorite song? Uh, Jesus Christ. God only knows. If you could do anything other than your current profession, what would you do? Five seconds. Um, child psychologist. Have you ever taken a hallucinogen? Um, does MDMA count? Yes. Do you smoke okay. weed? That's it. Uh, that, no. That, that, that. Ah! No weed. Ooh, what 22. did I get there? 22. What's the record? I don't know. It's in the 30s. It's in the 30s. I say uh a lot. It's okay. We learn you're, from you're our thinking. mistakes. You're yeah. We learn. Yeah. So unfortunately, Madeline's <laughs> been on here twice now and she had she beat her first record and then she kicked everyone else's ass. So when do I get to come back? <laughs> Whatever you fucking else. want. As somebody else. As someone else. <laughs> yes, 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 of course. Yeah. So you did great. 22 is actually is good. As long as you beat 20, I feel like you're doing well. Thank you. You're welcome. And also, I fucked it up the first time, so that's my bad. It's fine. But you did get two chances, and you still only got 22. So, so do better. Do better. <laughs> 
I'm glad that we ended on a positive note. Um, I understand that this episode may have been difficult for some people. I hope that it was helpful for some people. I hope that Anna's words stuck with you to be an advocate for yourself because that is what I want people to be is self-aware, self-reliant, self-assured. I wanted to give you some help. Um, If you are thinking about abortion, if you aren't sure what you want to do, there's a few websites you can go to. PlannedParenthood.org, ProChoice.org, OurBodiesOurselves.org, and AbortionFunds.org. All of these websites will help you make a decision about what is right for you in the current time and place that you are in. I also want to reiterate that it is very important for you to make sure that you have somebody you can talk to. This isn't something you have to go through alone. Um, All of those websites will provide you with a service that you can go to uh, and people that you can talk to. If you have no one in your circle of friends or family that you feel you can talk to, these places have people you can talk to. I hope that somebody hears this and understands that you're not alone and that regret and shame are not the norm when it comes to abortion. Quite the opposite, actually. I hope you learned something. I hope you feel better. I want to remind everybody out there that I am always here on What's Your Position podcast on Instagram at gmail.com at where you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Please make sure you follow, you like, you subscribe, and you tell a friend. Finally, everybody... Please make sure that you stay safe, you stay kind, and you stay sexy. What's Your Position podcast and its social media websites represent the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Stay safe and stay sexy.